Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's time for the Relic Grind. Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix Podcast. Episode 37. Two-man show today. One of those being me, Mike Byrne. As always, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us live on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, we've got chat hanging by. I'm sure they're going to have some opinions on stuff we're going to talk about a little later. If you are watching on YouTube on readycheckradio.com or on Spotify, of course, head on over to that website, readycheckradio.com, upper right-hand corner, all the socials there. Click on them, follow, subscribe, turn on the notifications. Recommend it to your friends, all that jazz. If you like what we do, it's the easiest way to support us and keep us going. Almost got to 100 views on last week's episode before showtime today. Almost. So I don't have to cook from the cookbook live. But we'll do it again for this show. If this one gets to 100, we'll still honor it. Because it was close. It was close. It was close. Almost there. It'll get to 100, but it didn't do it in time for this show, so... Uh, congrats to Mangos in chat on some awesome final exam results. Very proud of you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, storming here a little bit, so I mean, it's going to be a little shorter of a show today. They're always on YouTube. They're always on YouTube. Ready, check, radio. Sub to RCR. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Joining me to go over all this stuff today, Adam Lane, a.k.a. Kronos. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I'm ready to talk about the subject. Actually, I've been, I've been pretty uh, raging, rage induced about it, to be honest. So Tark's not going to be here to like counteract that. I think. Yeah, we'll no Tark today. Tark will be back uh, next week. Tark will be back next week. He uh, unfortunately sitting his ass at work today <laughs> because other people need vacations. Uh, on that note, just a little programming note: uh, we will have the relic grind next week as normal Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We will not have the Relic Grind the following week. Uh, that following week, I will be out Thursday and Friday having my gallbladder removed. So oh. that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, so no Relic Grind next week. We will have it next week, but the following week, two weeks from today, no show. And then we'll be back the week after as normal. So everybody gets a day off. Uh, before we get to you know what kind of has been lurking on the internet this week, for Final Fantasy fourteen, There are some other things I think we should cover first that are maybe a little more fun, too. Um, and honestly, like, the topics when we get to them, Kronos, we've, we've like, given our opinions on these. Kinda. But, like, sure they were always in conjunction to other things. Yeah. It was always, like, you know, an afterthought. Oh, the, can we, here's the topic, here's what, and here's what I think about that. Uh, so today we're really going to, boom, narrow down on them. Uh, in a minute here, but let's kick it off. There was an actually, I thought it was an incredibly awesome interview uh, with main scenario writer uh, Benry Oda over on 4gamer.net. Uh, and it is translated, so, you know, a little, maybe a little rewording and stuff like that, but 4gamer is usually pretty good about it. Uh, and they were pretty good on this one. And usually, like Cronus, I don't know about you, but I, I have interviewed 
for MMOBomb.com, for Game Breaker. I, like, I've interviewed so many people in the industry that, like, I, I really don't expect much out of interviews. Even if another site does them, even if it's, like, a big IGN interview or whatever, it's just they're always so PR-laden. The questions are kind of lame, you know. I, you want to ask hard questions, but then you also don't want to get kicked out of the room, so there's always, like, this little balance uh, read the interviews I send over for MMO Bomb. Half of them come back with with no questions answered, <laughs> or oh, with wow. with half the questions answered. Uh, and I just put in the post, "Hey, I asked these questions. They refuse to answer them because I just don't give a rat's ass." But yeah, this one, however, uh, I thought was really interesting. So back in May, they solicited questions from readers, knowing that this interview was coming up, and then they just kind of took those narrowed them down to like 15 and threw them. Now, there's a little bit of a danger when you do that, when you ask your community for questions. Because there are questions that like I would get, that I would look at and I go, yeah, I understand why somebody wants to ask this, but I also know they're not gonna answer it. Or it's just gonna be some PR fluff. I thought looking through these questions initially, I thought there was a nice balance of very interesting questions and some funny, interesting fluff, not B uh, PR bullshit fluff uh, across the entire interview, Kronos. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there was like a, lot, a couple things in there I, I didn't really know until you had sent this over and I read it. So yeah. I found that pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. A lot of these things end up being that way. Um, and, and that's why I kind of I kind of pick and choose where I look at my interviews, like like as far as like when they happen like you know like for yoshi p as an example it's like yeah. i kind of know when he's oh, going to yeah. spill the beans at certain events so like those are the ones i kind of pay attention to for the most part um but I've, I've never been on like i've never been the person asking those questions so I've, i don't have that experience like you do so it is is very interesting and we're talking to the main scenario writer right so it's there's like a broad swath of stuff you could go after here if you're a lore hound you could dig into lore-specific questions. If you just want to talk about, you know, what's it like being in that job, you have that. I do highly suggest you go check out the interview because obviously we're not going to go over all the questions that were asked here. Uh, but some of them I did think were interesting, and I want to bring them up and get get your take on them here. So they, they kind of asked, like, the generic, what's important when you're creating a story? You know, whether it's the main scenario or job quests or, like, what is important uh, for you when you do that. Uh, and he just says, you know, number one is the audience. What is its purpose? What is the purpose of this story? And who's the audience for this story? Uh, that is like the kick all, the be all end all at the beginning. Um, and he specifically goes into like the healer roles quests, not just main story, but that type of stuff. And says, says those are targeted towards players who play as healers, Therefore, it's important to incorporate some form of healing aspect into the actual quest. When thinking about crafting, gathering beast tribe quests, we should take into consideration the characteristics of the beast tribe, as well as ensure that the story revolves around having the player craft and gather in the game. Written media, such as short stories and picture books, on the other hand, don't have these types of limitations. You can make it take place in regions that don't exist, where working in the game you do have the confines of everything that is uh available to players in 14 and then talks about it kind of his inspiration when he's doing it which is basically anything he's got his hands on right then and there 
Like he talks about when they did Heaven's Word, A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, the Game of Thrones books, the the game Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together. Uh, those were things that he was messing with, reading, enjoying at the time that were recommended by a friend, and they played into it. So not shy about maybe cherry picking a little bit from other mediums. <laughs> Everybody cherry picks, right? I mean, you could, you could, when you play through Heaven's Word, you can kind of feel it a little bit. It's definitely not as violent and bloody, and um, there's a little bit less uh, certain things going on. But like overall, you can kind of feel that he took from like George R. R. Martin a bit there. Uh, as far as like the, I find it funny like he talks about the quests and how like the classes need to be involved and stuff. Uh, and and my my counterpoint to that would be like, why are like the battle jobs gathering stuff too? Right. I find that kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. It's like, hey, Dark Knight, go pick up some flowers. Uh, yeah, cool. That's always what I wanted to do. Hey, White Mage, go get some grapes. Like, you know, but... Um, go do a little gathering with that yeah, big-ass yeah. sword. You, you got to have fetch quests, right? I mean, they, they, they exist. It's just I would I would probably poke it a little bit just to be funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's overall pretty cool just to like kind of pick his brain over like how he comes up with some of that stuff. Uh, this was a question that I didn't even realize I had until I read it, and I was like, yeah, I have that question too. And maybe this did the same thing for you. Why do the Archons have their tattoos in different places? Like they're the, the insignia. Like why is it? In I read that, and I was like, yeah, I did. Why is that? Why is that? Like Thancred's got his right on his mug, yeah, you know, and Louis Swah had it on the forehead, and others have it on their yeah. leg or on their, their torso. Uh, and so they said, yeah, why? You know, uh, sometimes both sides of the neck or on the cheek or the forehead. Is, it, is there some type of ranking system or, or something that dictates where the mark goes? And o Oda had this to say. He said, there are two designs for the Archon's Crest, the official one and a simplified one. If you take a look at Mon Breda, for example, the mark on her leg is the official crest and the one on her neck is the simplified version of it. Each Archon can choose whether they would like to bear one or both, as well as where to put it. Seems like a bold choice for Uriange, I said Thancred, I meant Uriange, to have his right on his face, but perhaps what he really wanted was to have it on his forehead like his respected mentor, Louis Swa. So wherever the hell you want it, that's why. <laughs> it's interesting, everybody, chose, everybody chooses a different spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Just being unique with their own their own tattoos. Also, this may be more up your alley than mine, but I did think it was interesting. Uh, and this one's actually been a question for a long time, right? Like, why can summoners summon Phoenix? That shouldn't be... If you, you kind of just look at the, the whole story, that shouldn't really be possible. And they also... I also wanted to know, is Tiamat upset now that we summon Bahamut? <laughs> Uh, the questions were worded like this in case you need a little um, context on the whole Phoenix thing, if it's not something you've ever thought about. I can understand how the Warrior of Light can summon Bahamut, since they were at Cartano Flats during the Seventh Umbral Calamity and came in contact with Bahamut's Aether. When it comes to Phoenix, however, they were teleported to the future just before Louis Wah transformed into Phoenix. Minor coiler, coil spoiler, I guess. Uh... How can the Warrior of Light call it forth, even though they have not been around its aether? Hmm. What's the answer, Kronos? I don't remember, to be honest. Oh, I you... don't really think about stuff like this for real. I mean, I, I read through it, but I don't honestly don't remember what he said. Oh, but, so uh... you were story skipping this interview. 
yeah. I do it from time to time, you know. Uh, so the answer Oda gave on this was Luis Wall used Phoenix's power of rebirth to reconstruct the environs destroyed by Bahamut. This caused corrupted crystals to appear all over the renewed Eorzea. Doesn't the color look familiar? That's right. They're the same color as Phoenix. When Phoenix returned to Aether, said Aether was spread all over Eorzea and embedded within the corrupted crystals. The warrior of light who passed from Cartno into a realm reborn unknowingly came in contact with Phoenix's Aether as well. This is why all summons can call on Phoenix regardless, uh, summoners can call on Phoenix regardless of whether they have completed the binding coil of Bahamut raids. And regarding Tiamat, she was extremely displeased that the Telephore were abusing Bahamut's powers. I would say she would not be very happy should you try and twist and misuse his power as well. Maybe a little foreboding uh, take there. It'd be kind of funny if she reacted in um, the dungeon, if you're a summoner. I've never really thought about those two things, to be honest. Because for me, when I look at those things as a summoner, I'm just like, cool, Bahamut. Cool, Phoenix. <laughs> and when they add the next one, I'm like, that's cool. Alexander, or whatever they add, you know. Nice. Um, I have so a I new summon. Yeah, I don't really think about those from like, cause like I'd rather just it be like at first glance cool, and then maybe just think about the lore later. Which I, I'm sure they do a little bit of that too, right? Cause I'm sure whatever the next thing they decide to do, they're just gonna probably be like, that's really cool. Let's figure out how we can make the lore work, you know. But if you've ever wanted to know more about things like how effective are the healers in Eorzea? Not us player characters as hero healers, but healers NPC wise. You know, you always see them treating people, but it's kind of like, well, why don't you just cast cure? You know, <laughs> well, why are we doing this? There's rules for all of this. If you want to know about the calamity's impact on the world, the differences between uh, Diabolos and Diablo, if there are any in Final Fantasy 14, highly recommend checking out this interview. Just wanted to spotlight a few of my favorite questions on there. Forgamer.net. That's the number four gamer.net. Check it out. Great interview. Don't forget. I'm sure Kronos hasn't forgotten because there's a mount oh, on the line. It is in my tabs on my Chrome. <laughs> I keep it there to remind myself to do it tomorrow. The Moonfire Fair event does start tomorrow. There is a polar bear mount as well as other prizes uh, for completing the event. But yeah, Kronos, I saw that and I was like, yeah. Well, I know yeah. what he'll be doing Friday. I was excited. Yeah. So the first one, I feel like that's had a mountain a minute. So it really has. Like it, it's been yeah. even minions. It's been most of the minions have been repeat minions. Yeah, and it's just been like glamour items for the most yeah, part. Yeah, glamour like. or tabletop. Lots of tabletop yeah. items for for housing in most of the events lately. Uh, did you see? Have you taken a look at Twitter lately, though? We got well, some new art. Oh yeah, the yeah the twin art. Yeah, that, that that's pretty dope. So here is Alphano as a sage, weapons and all. That is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, he looks cool. Absolutely it's... gorgeous. Alphano is definitely like the character. I feel like with the uh, the biggest glow up, right? Like from from oh, like yeah. ARR to now. Yeah, I feel like he's uh. Well, Alisay already had hers. That's why. Yeah. 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 Alisay had hers back in in uh, Red Mage days, Red Mage launch days. Uh, speaking of, we did get some updated art for Alice as well, seeing what she'll look like in N. Walker. I mean, these are just absolutely gorgeous shots. But that Alphano Sage shit, man. Oh, yeah, it looks sweet. I'm excited. I, uh, 99 days, by the way. So, not, not not that anybody's counting. Is it? Is that what it is? 99. 
Yeah. So we are in the double digits now. Yeah, we have, we have reached double digits. I don't know if I have this kind of time. And I don't know <laughs> if if I did have this kind of time, if I would want to. This definitely seems like a Kronos type thing. <laughs> this is a little bit further than me too, to be honest. Is uh, it? But, but I do do stuff like this, so it's like not out of the realm, for sure. Uh, uh, realm? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Talon Kirk, who goes by Reborn07 on Reddit and PlayStation Network, got their first trophy on Final Fantasy 13 for the PlayStation 3 back in 2010. A couple days ago this week, he unlocked the final trophy introduced in Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrades DLC, making him the only person in the world right now to have collected every PSN trophy from every Final Fantasy game that has a PSN trophy. Every single one. And for those of you that have played Realm Reborn on your PS4 or 3, and now moved to PS5, that includes the additional trophies that were added in there as well. Specifically, they do talk about these. Speaking to Kotaku about his trophy-earning achievement, Reborn07 said that before the release of Final Fantasy XIV on the PlayStation 5 earlier this year, there were between 12 and 15 players with all of the Final Fantasy achievement for games in the North American region. Since the PlayStation 5 version was introduced, only 10 players have earned every achievement in the game. Reborn's closest competition, a gamer by the name of Dr. Taco, is currently two Final Fantasy XIV PS5 achievements away from joining him at the pinnacle. An 11-year journey to pick up all of these damn things, Kronos. Now, if yeah. they gave a mount, you would have been done already. <laughs> well, all right, no, no, no. There, there are mounts in fourteen that I do not have because of the, like... Although I will say today I was working on my pterodactyl mount, so I can't really talk because <laughs> that one is awful. You're, you're breaking down. Um, you're breaking down. Yeah, it's it's bad. There there are there are some that are like really, and then of course you have the unattainable ones, but that's a whole different ball ball game. But yeah, I definitely like achievement hunt and some stuff. And then the, the Final Fantasies I really really like. I've gotten all of them. I don't know the extent of the 14 achievements on console. I only know what the achievements are in game, and I don't think anybody. I don't know if there's anybody that exists that has every 14 achievement in, in the game. Yeah, like, in the achievement the log is what you mean. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. those are, some of those are insane. I do know people that do hunt them, though. I, there was a guy that I did the Delube and Regine Savage with, and his goal is to get every achievement in the game. Because uh, I remember everybody was arguing with him because he wanted to do 10 clears, and everybody else just wanted to do 5 for the title because 10 has a, an achievement with nothing. It gives you nothing but achievement points. Yeah. Um, and so that was like a whole thing that he wanted to do 10. And, yeah, the problem uh, is you got to move fast. You got to move fast a lot of because stuff. they just like, keep adding. They just keep coming. Right, right. But he had done some of the really hard ones, like that. Like he had both Palace of the Dead and um, Heaven on High stuff. Like he had done a lot. So I, I'd be interested. I've never looked at his full achievement list. I don't know if you can see it on his lodestone or whatever. But that dude. I mean, there's not many people I feel like that have played this game more than me. Fourteen, that is. And uh, I think he's got me beat. By a substantial amount, and uh, <laughs> yeah, just in sheer time investment, you'd have yeah. to. Yeah, and it's just like this guy. Like I love Final Fantasy, but I'm sure this guy takes the cake for me. Yeah, um, I'm, obviously, I love Final Fantasy, and I I do I do a little bit of let's see, like even with like the PlayStation trophies or the Xbox, you know, gamer score stuff and stuff mm -hmm. like that. 
I'm never one of those, like, I got to plat it. I got to plat it. I think I think I only have, like, four or five platinum trophies I don't have on either. PlayStation. Um, yeah, I, I only do it for specific stuff. Like, I did it for 7 Remake. I haven't done it yet for Integrate. But I did do it for the original 7 Remake, and I did it in, did it in like, three or four days. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> mine is more or less, like, I'll play through something, and then when I feel like I'm done playing it, I'll mm -hmm. look at what I have left, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, yep. sure, I'll plat that. Uh, yeah, or, I'm I, or I'm like, mm, nah, nah. Yeah. I've enjoyed this enough. I'm done for now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I platinumed, what is it, Shantae Half Genie Hero? <laughs> okay. <laughs> great, great action platformer game if yeah. you've never played it on the PS4. I know what Shantae is, but I never yeah. played the game. Uh, yeah. Nino Kuni 2, I platinumed mm. that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always just like, yeah, sure, I'll finish those off. Everybody has different goals. I remember people, like, I used to play on the Xbox, not the PlayStation. Funny you say that. Uh, but, yeah. Well, segue a little bit, but uh, you know, I remember you people used to buy games uh, just to plat like an easy like plat. They would just like, I got to get my achievement points up. Let me buy this Terminator game that's yeah, terrible. I had a buddy that does that that did that yeah. on uh, on Xbox, and then people on Steam do it all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Here's like a little two dollar game with fifteen achievements on it. Like I don't care that much, but congratulations, eleven years in the making, just to. You know, in 99 days, have more added. If yeah. if more aren't added in the interim from something else Final Fantasy related that we don't know, you know, what it is. We'll see. Uh, you did mention that it all depends on how you play. And apparently, that is not good enough for the, inter uh, the internet. <laughs> Nothing's good enough. Nothing's good enough. Because today, or this week, it's kind of been getting out of... We've discussed this a little bit on the show, more in passing. Like, we would talk about Gold, right? And how he found himself reading the quests on stream when that wasn't really something that he would probably do if he wasn't streaming. Probably would have just blown through Final Fantasy XIV content to get to what is... And he was always open about what is what he's looking forward to the most is the raiding scene. Uh, and stuff like that. But in that context, we kind of talked about like, yeah, hey, good on you. You know, I'm glad you did it and I'm glad you enjoyed it because the story is for most people or for a lot of people, a huge part of why they play Final Fantasy 14, which is why I'm not really sure why this is all blowing up now. This game is, you know, nine years old. We're heading into 10 years old territory uh, at this point, but story skipping and even boosting your character is now grounds, apparently, for some absolutely ridiculous hazing, Kronos. What the hell is going on? So I would say it started probably, it, it kind of started about a month ago, but it's like really picked up this yeah, past week. Yeah, it picked week. up steam this last week. Um, so there was a WoW player, I, apologies, I don't recall his name, who level boosted and was doing like Stormblood normal mode trial it might even been an extreme or like a savage i don't remember and he didn't know how to play his job and he was complaining and like blaming the healers but it was kind of like overdone you know like twitch personalities right i mean that's a thing and people were like well you have no right to complain right blah 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 you level skipped and you have no idea how to play your job like lol he's blaming the healers which yes i mean that's bad but like they use that now to like just lump everybody that level boosts together and like I feel like the most common things are like oh how can you story skip and level boost in this game with this the best parts of the story and you're just 
you're an idiot. I can't believe you're level skipping to skip all the best parts of the game. And, and number one, that's the best part of the game to you. And a lot of people, right? Like, we love the story. I play a lot. Like, I, I play to do everything in this game. The rating is my number one, but I also really like the story. So I don't, I don't really skip. And personally, I wouldn't skip. But that doesn't mean that it's not okay. And it's also available, and Square Enix says it's okay for you to skip. So there's nothing wrong with it. And some people, like particularly the people coming over from WoW now, some high-end raiders, like all they want to do is experience the raid because they've heard that that's great in Final Fantasy also, and they might not give a crap about the story, and that's also okay. But it seems like that's like rubbing people the wrong way, and somehow people are now saying this is like pay-to-win, which is also just insane. You're, they're not paying to get raid gear. They still have to kill the raid. You don't just boost to 70 get to 80 and then they're like here you go here's some eden's promise gear it doesn't really work that way and i don't know why people think it works that way um it's it tldr i guess what i'm saying right now and i'm sure i mean we're going to continue like talking about this for a minute but it's fine everybody has different goals and everybody wants to do different things and it's a massive ass game let people play it the way they want to play it it really just is. let them play it, like, it really is so yeah, I think you're talking about Quinn, right? I think that was it, yeah. Yeah, who kind of got, got uh, lambasted, and we, we mentioned it on the on a show, I'm pretty sure, about a month ago. I think we did. Uh, yeah. Got lambasted by just saying, hey, you know, I gave Final Fantasy a shot. I'm done. You know, I'm not huge into the lore, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, things I enjoyed outside of the waifus, diversity of the world, the soundtrack, the community for the most part. Uh, and then kind of got jumped on on Twitter um, mm -hmm. because it, he he did skip all the lore, really didn't take time to learn his character or the combat system, boosted the best class that uh, that he thought, confirmed previously announced biases. This is from somebody's Twitter replies. Complained and talked shit the entire time, but you gave yeah. it your best shot though. So here here's the thing: I gotta I gotta separate this because yeah. I believe if if you're gonna be a streaming personality. Uh, okay, I'm not not neither of us are anywhere near as big as Asmund Gold or, or anything like right. that. But right. we have viewers, right? And if one of them says, "Mike, will you play this game?" I'd really like to know your thoughts about it. And it is interesting enough to me, after looking into it, to say, "You know what? I'm going to stream that." Yeah, sure. I don't know if this is going to be my kind my kind of game. There are some things looking at it that I don't think I'm going to like. But yeah, you know, there's enough here that yeah, sure, we'll stream it for a week and and we'll we'll see what it's like. Maybe it's your favorite game or whatever. And we've had this happen. I've had people recommend games on on here and on MMO Bomb to stream. I, there will come a point where if I don't do th certain things in it, that I'm just going to say, you know what, it's not really fair for me to review this because I didn't give it the old yeah. college try. You know, it so wasn't for me, Kronos, to the point where I, I can't even give it a review. I can't tell you if I like this game or hate it because there's just too much that I'm not enjoying about it. So I'm not going to play it anymore. But that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It could just it could be a bad game, but it could just yeah. be it's not for me either. Yeah. Um, so Quinn's situation, I think, is a little different. When it you, is. When you do a boost and a skip... And you don't take that time to then say, hey, look, I'm jumping to whatever the game is. I'm jumping to 50. I'm jumping to 60. I'm jumping to 70. I'm jumping to 80. So I'm going to have to put in a little bit of time to learn my class. 
that I probably wouldn't have had to if I would have just leveled because I would have learned it organically. When you don't put in that additional time, I really don't care what you have to say about the game's combat system or its class yeah. management because you didn't put in the time. We get level boost skips for different things at MMO Bomb all the time. And I'll tell you what, I personally don't like them. That's totally fair. Yeah. I personally don't like them. Not that I'm saying they're a bad thing. I think they are a great thing for a company to make some extra money on and mm -hmm. for somebody that doesn't have Kronos the time to invest that you and I that do. Or, hey, look, guys, Endwalker's coming up. I want to catch up to Adam and Mike because we're going to all yep. raid together. Will you help me learn my class if I buy this skip? Yeah, you know, that, I think they're great. I personally don't like them, though, only because I feel like the time I have to spend to learn how to play the class or the character is offset by the amount of time that I could have just leveled and learned it organically. And that's just me personally. I feel very overwhelmed when I get a class that's level boosted and has, you know, 48 mm -hmm. of its 50 abilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to do a lot of like learning yourself because you don't you don't slowly get that given to you. I, I will counterpoint just a couple things, and, and I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Number one, Square Square doesn't teach you how to play Final Fantasy XIV, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm speaking like more when, in the abstract, yeah, generic boosts sure. than fourteen in particular, because I would I for absolutely sure. agree with you. It is not terribly great. It teaches you how to function in your right. class. Right. Yeah. It's not really like. When you get to level 80, right? Like, let's say you go from 1 to 80 right now, no level boost, no story boost, you enjoy the story, and you're like, I'm level 80, I'm in-game, let's go, right? Um, Square and Final Fantasy, the, the, they have not prepared you for that. <laughs> like, it's in the game, and, and you can do it, and it's definitely a cool thing to try for, and I love it. I love that content in the game. But they, like mentor and all that stuff that stuff sucks i'm sorry it, that, that is like a big part of the game i feel like they should figure out like the whole novice thing like they don't really teach you anything other than like tanks should tank and healers should heal and right and dps hit the boss they don't really teach you your job like as i've seen videos of tutorials from other mmos that do a much better job of it however 14 is really not like that's not their bread and butter right and so they don't have that content and i hope that it changes later like they like people more people start playing and they introduce that into the game and i think that would be great but right now you have to use a lot of external resources to really get you ready to raid and raid the right way if you really want to learn now, obviously if you just want to go in and, and mash some buttons and hit some bosses that's you know more power to you that's awesome and i hope you have fun doing it but i don't think square really i guess that all i'm saying is like square doesn't really like help you get to the point where you you are knowledgeable about your job other than like, hey, these are buttons and I hit them. I mean, you, you get a feel for it because you're, you're leveling, which is better than someone that boosted that they just all of a sudden like, here's their hot bar, like you said, with 30 skills on it and they don't know what any of them does. But, um, and then the other thing too is like when someone's complaining and you know that's where they're coming from, just just ignore it, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, know, I know it sucks and, and that dude has a following and he's probably going to get some people in there that have no idea what they're looking at and they're just going to echo what he's saying and that's trash. But you just got to let those people just do that because you can't... There's always going to be those people, right? There's going to be those people that skip all the cutscenes and then they're like, hey, the story sucks. Or they're never going to step foot in a raid or they're going to raid one time and it'll be like, raiding sucks. And it's just, you know... Yeah, and it's also, I, to, to something you said, it's also very different, right? We're talking about an MMORPG. Yeah. 
We're not talking about you went out and bought Final Fantasy 15, skipped the sco- skipped the entire story, and said the man, this game sucks. Mm-hmm. Because then that's on you. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's a Final Fantasy game, a single player RPG. You know the focus is going to be on the story, and if you weren't playing it for the story. Yeah, you probably aren't going to enjoy the game. You might like aspects of it. Hey, I like the combat system, or I like this. But overall, it's not going to be enjoyable. When you tar- when you put that onto an MMO, whether it's 14, World of Warcraft, whatever, particularly 14 for this, you're dead on. There are so many. Are you there for the story? Mm-hmm. Because it's okay if the answer is no. Yeah. It's totally fine if the answer is no. Are you there for the rating? It's totally fine if the answer is no. I have friends that have never done a raid above the story difficulty. Above the normal difficulty for things like Eden. 100% fine. Who cares? Are they enjoying it? Cool. That's what matters. That's all that matters. Boom, done. That is the statement that matters. Are you enjoying the game the way you're playing it? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I watch and read every main uh, scenario cutscene and quest dialogue mm-hmm. I'm probably about 50% on side stuff I'm probably yeah. as far as reading all of it uh, cutscenes I'll watch but as far as reading quest text or dialogue that you know isn't cutscene but it's you know they're standing around and stuff probably about 50% for anything <laughs> that's side quest related yeah. or beast tribe related or anything mm-hmm. Like let's let's use the mood fire fair as an example. Yeah, oh, I yeah. read I read that dude. Just give me my polar bear mountain. Yeah, out. couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you any event text from events within the last four years. I can probably tell you from the first couple of years when I did read them because all the events were new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they're the same now, cool. Then I know <laughs> what the the text is. If they've changed it, I don't know. And a lot of them have had different quests over the years, so I'm assuming that the the text would also be different. It's fine. If you want to buy boosts, buy boosts. I don't care. And, and if you want to buy boosts and still be bad at your class, but you and your friends are having a good time, great. I don't care. It doesn't impact me yep. in any way, exactly. shape, or form. Thank now, you. Now, if you want to come and raid and savage with me and you don't yeah. know your class enough, I'm still okay with you as long as you're willing to learn. Mm-hmm. As long as me and you can go talk about your rotation and your materia and go hit the target dummies for a little while and take a look at some stuff and send you some guides and have you watch them. I'm cool. If you're going to boost and then not learn your class and bitch about how you're getting owned in Savage Raids or you're holding us back in Savage Raids, no. No, then, then we have a problem because now you are impacting my play and you're not, uh, you're not being honest about why. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not, not going to be in my group, and I'm going to ignore you. Right, like, right, right, right. You, you can right. play the game that way if that's how you want, but you're, it's not going to be with me. Um, yeah. And then I will touch on like one more thing, because I feel like we've pretty much said our piece at this point for the most part. Uh, in chat, they said for individual jobs, they don't teach you, but they do a really good job of teaching mechanic markers. That is very true. Yeah, evil's dead um, on in chat there. You like and and in ARR they weren't very good at it, but they have gotten extremely good at it now, and it's so good. That's why you see these like really high end raiders are picking up stuff because you can get little tells and you kind of know like what oh this is a stack oh this is a spread. So they do do very good job of teaching you mechanically how to do a fight. I my only point was they do not do a good job of teaching you how to play your job. <laughs> that's that's my only point. Yeah. So. 
And I think if you're gonna, there's a difference too. We're talking about players do whatever you want. If you're gonna review the game or put forth a review type content, mm-hmm. don't you yeah. can't half-ass it because you're gonna yeah. get called out. And then when you turn around and try and make it the community that's being toxic to you, you just look like an asshole at that point. Yeah. You just look like an asshole. Yeah. This yeah, this like kind from- of extends though. I want to get your opinion on this too because okay. you you get you get this same discussion about people that use ACT. Uh, or mm. people that use like CACBOT and like, mm-hmm. you know, and where do you fall on this one too? Like we've all, we've, again, another topic we've brushed across in various shows where we're like, yeah, if you want to use ACT just for your own DPS sake, that's fine. Go ahead. Go, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have any problem with it, but we have a problem the same way Square Enix does with the, if you harass somebody with it, but there is kind of this same stigma of, oh, you're not using ACT, then you can't be in my savage raid. Oh, you're not yeah. using this stuff, then you can't do this or you can't do this. Like, there's all these fucking gatekeeping for really bizarre stuff. You see a lot of stuff, and 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 being like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not the best raider, right? Like, I'm 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 passable, right? I'm pretty good. Um, but there are people that are much better than me, and and I love watching them. I enjoy watching them and learning, and I and I try to get better every time I read. Um, I use ACT. I like to be able to track. That's the way I use myself to improve. I use FF logs. I try to use FF logs to just improve me personally yeah. and look at what other better players are doing that I am not doing and then doing what they are doing to be better. Um, there are people that use it in a bad way. You see stuff in Party Finder a lot where, um, and, and this is their goals, right? Like, I mean, maybe that's, they're, they're trying to push, like if they're going for world first, right? And they're like, gotta be 99s, right? Um, you know, that's that's on them. That's that's their thing. Just don't, you, you, you're not gonna wanna be in that group anyways if that's not how you think, so just don't join it. But you do get toxic people that will shit on you for, for your DPS, and those people get banned typically. Um, so I, I think act is whatever. I have no, like, I think CACBOT for raiders is more of a hot button issue. Um, so I don't know how much aware, you are aware of CACBOT. Mike. Oh yeah. Are you like oh, super yeah. aware of it? So oh, do you yeah. know like some of the stuff that it can do? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is where it gets kind of weird, and I think in ultimates it gets a bit of a stigma. Personally, I don't care. Clear the way you want to clear. I'm going to clear the way I want to clear because for me, it's about how I want to get to that clear and feel good about how I played myself. I don't give a crap who who else clears like because they had CACBOT or whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, like That's their world. And, and like if you think that them using CACBOT takes away from their clear, then, I mean, that's your opinion. I think clearing an ultimate even with CACBOT is still pretty hard, to be honest. Yes, it's harder without it but it's still pretty hard. Um, but there is some weird stuff with CACBOT where it'll call some things before you're able to see it. And I've seen this. And that's where it kind of gets kind of weird and it right, rides this an is, argument. This is no different uh, than deadly boss mods. You know, right. In but, World of Warcraft for years. Yeah, or, yes. or, or things like that. And granted, World of Warcraft did have to step up at one point and peel back some of what deadly boss mods was allowed to touch in the API mm-hmm. in the game because it literally got to the point where it was auto-botting. Like, you, you could yeah. basically have your characters do the fight. You know, and that exists, too. And People don't does. want to admit that it exists, does. but that exists in 14. It does. Yeah. And um, But it, deadly bod, boss mods is still a thing. Um, mm-hmm. is the other version, what is it? Big Wigs and Little Wigs uh, is, is the, another popular version in World of Warcraft. And they will do the same thing, too. Um, you you have countdowns of abilities that are going to happen in nine seconds, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden at three, 
two, one, and it'll flash, you know, you, you dodge yep. or, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's not like looking at something like, and granted, I, I am simplifying what CACBOT can do just for the sake of, I really don't want to get into the weeds of the actual add-on itself, even though it's not technically an add-on, but you know what I mean, third-party yeah. program itself. I don't want to get caught in the weeds uh, of the specific program. You don't look at somebody using deadly boss mods in World of Warcraft as cheating or being down or, or anything. Granted, CACBOT can go a little further and maybe we start losing that that defense point at a certain mm -hmm. at a certain juncture. But I, you know, again, I just I have a problem with gatekeeping in general. I, like, I do too. Whatever game it is. Whatever game it is. I hate Bless Unleashed. If you love it, good for you. Go <laughs> play it. And I hope yeah, you have I, a fantastic time. I, I think the issue becomes when you compare it to WoW is uh people in Final Fantasy for some reason they just don't deem it as acceptable. And so when they see that, well, they're because just like, oh. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it isn't it officially accepted by Square Enix. Yeah, you it know? is, yeah. If Square Enix uh, opened up the API for add-ons, this wouldn't even be a conversation. The, the yep. conversation would then become the other way. You can't be part of my group unless you're using that. Because oh, we, don't, we don't have time. And it does now it already. Happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it would just be even more so. Like deadly yep. boss mods or bigwigs or something, if you're raiding at a heroic and a certainly a mythic level... You're expected to just have that. Like, it, you know, it's yep. it's a wait. You don't have it? Uh, okay, hold on, guys. We're going to wait while Kronos installs this. <laughs> Do I doubt it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I yeah, don't you know. absolutely don't need these things to raid, no, by the way. No. But, but there are people that want every advantage they can get, and that's on them. That's how they want to play. That's fine. Uh, let them play, too. Just let them play, man. Yeah, stop gatekeeping. Just, just let them play. It's a fucking like, video game, people. <laughs> Yeah. It's a video like, game. You know, it's like do you do you, do you go shit on people that use guides? Like, oh, you you beat FF Seven Remake, but you use the guide. Terrible. No, I only shit like, on you if you use the old play online strategy guides. <laughs> <laughs> then then I'm gonna gatekeep a little bit, and I'm just gonna say, uh, yeah, you should probably go. <laughs> Speaking of play online and other Square Enix news, Final Fantasy Eleven, the We Are Vanna DL site, uh, has been updated. Uh, there's actually been a few updates, but a new one yesterday that I wanted to bring to your attention. There is uh, a, a second part of the interview with Yasuke Sato, or Saito, um, uh, sitting down with Matsui, talking about Final Fantasy XI, and uh, he didn't like work on it uh, on Final Fantasy XI, but he's been director and executive uh, officer of Square Enix for a long time, and was producer on a bunch of different titles. Currently, he's working on Babylon's Fall, which we'll see soon. Uh, but I like that. Check this out because they were talking. They got into this conversation about uh, how they don't think there's just going to ever be any type of experience uh, that would exceed Final Fantasy XI anymore. And if you didn't play Final Fantasy XI, you probably go, "Okay, <laughs> whatever, big guy, whatever, big guy." Uh, but if you read through the interview and you even remotely played, even casually for a little while played Final Fantasy XI, they do in this section of the interview talk about maybe we shouldn't have been as party-based as we were back then. And now it's very different. It's a very different game. But, you know, you really couldn't do much after level 16 or so without a party. And maybe, maybe that was a mistake on our part. Uh, but they talk about some of those opportunities, and then they talk about some of the great stuff that will, you know, I'll always remember, like being scared to go in a zone. 
that was literally Final Fantasy Eleven was the last game where I was like, oh shit, I hope I'm able to sneak through here. Cast cast uh, Invis and cast Sneak on my Red Mage and try and get through this zone because if I die, I'm going to take a 10% experience penalty and it's going to be a long walk to get back here again. And oh my God, I don't, I shouldn't be here, but I'm going to try and sneak through here. Like you just don't have that type of experience or the type of experience with King Behemoth spawning and dozens of people ready to take King Bahamoth down. Sandy to Juno, evil, oh my God, you pegged it right there, Sandy to Juno, particularly after you got through Konstadt Highlands and you were coming down through uh, into Juno from there. Ugh, because I started in Sandy, so I was going the other direction towards Juno. Um, <laughs> or when King Behemoth spawns and there's dozens of people there trying to take him down and he meteors the place. And not only do those people die, but anybody that thought it would be a good idea to sit there and kind of watch this really cool big-ass fight, yeah, they get they get smoked too. Like, those types of experiences just don't exist in MMOs anymore, even Final Fantasy XIV. And so uh, while it may make a ha-ha headline if you didn't play it, even if you just played casually, go read it. It's a great interview, and it's hard to disagree with them on... Hey, maybe it wasn't the best experience in some places and we could have made it better, but there just isn't going to be an MMO that does this type of thing. For I legitimately, Kronos, remember being afraid. Like, standing up, playing, trying to make it through a zone that I knew I had no right being in. You just don't yeah, see I, that type of stuff anymore. I, I think back then, and, and it's not, I, I, they're kind of like trying to like may, say maybe they shouldn't do that. I mean, back then, I think what they were trying to do was make a Final Fantasy game that was, that happened to be an MMO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no um, doubt. And no then, doubt. I think they did that. I, I don't enjoy it, right? Because, because I don't have the nostalgia. It's hard for me to go back and play it now. Yeah. But um, I think they succeeded. Because everything that I hear from the players that do love it, they say that's what it is. And I think with 14, it's more, it's an MMO that is a Final Fantasy. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like the reverse. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think they have a little, couple little nods to things that you're saying, but they're not the same, right? Like, I think you can get the experience you're talking about in Palace of the Dead if you do it solo, where that you're, like, scared for your life because you're like, oh, if I die, I just wasted 10 hours of my time. This really sucks. Um, but it's not the same as, like, walking through an area and seeing other people also in the same area. And, like, Odin exists in 14, but now no one does Odin anymore with, yeah. like, the King Behemoth thing you said. And if that was relevant, like, that's probably not something that you can recreate. It's, and they the, talk about hunting NMs and stuff, yeah. which you guys that actually did Eureka, you have a little bit of a flavor of what we went through with Final Fantasy Eleven, And it's, it's great. It's great. If you're a Final Fantasy Eleven fan, go keep, keep checking the site. There is a more since the last time we talked about it. I don't want to bring it up every show because I know I'm the only one that's, like, squee about it. So hey, you're allowed to be passionate about something that yeah. we're not passionate about. That's totally fine. You, you want to know what I'm pissed about, and I think we're both going to be passionate about this one. <laughs> this yeah. chat, if you play Final Fantasy, the trading card game, I think you're going to be pissed too. A new Square Enix game leaked onto the PlayStation Network this past weekend. Okay, It happened on the Asian stores, the Asian PlayStation stores. Uh, and it's a game called Voice of the Cards, The Isle of Dragon Roars. Now, they trademarked both of those things uh, earlier this year, Voice of Cards and The Isle of Dragon Roars, but they really they didn't say anything about them officially. We brought them up in, like, Forspoken and all the other stuff that they were trademarking at the time before we knew Endwalker was the name. 
Um, we we took a look at all of that stuff. Here's the thing. We don't know what this game is yet, but Whole Milk, it doesn't look like it's going to be Final Fantasy TCG, but the artwork, there's just one little, you know, the little, like, almost CD cover art that they put on the PSN store. It has three characters. Oh, no, the stream disconnected. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. Hello. Welcome back. Yeah. Thunderstorm still. I figured. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, Did it stop recording this? Uh, okay. All right. We're back. We're back. There's storms in the area. I told you this might happen. So I'm going to have to <laughs> chop, chop the episode and render it. So it probably won't be on YouTube until tomorrow now. Anyway, the art we see about for Voice of the Cards, the Isle of Dragon Roars, just shows three like generic fantasy characters on cards, but they're just generic cards too. And here's what Game Rant has to say about it. With such sparse information regarding Voice of Cards, fans have begun speculating what this title may in fact be. Based on the game's name and the icon artwork, there's a likelihood that this is a card game featuring deck-building components like Hearthstone. Considering the popularity of the genre, it would make sense for Square Enix to finally jump in on the action. There are also <laughs> other rumors suggesting that this is in fact a small side project of Yoko Taru's, the director of the Nier franchise that he's been hinting at for some time. If it is a deck builder, it's curious of Square Enix not to just make a title based on or within the Final Fantasy universe. Many titles themselves have featured card-based minigames like Final Fantasy VIII's Triple Triad, as well as an actual line of trading cards based on Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know yes. who to be more upset at. Square Enix <laughs> for still not actually doing a Final Fantasy TCG digital game or Game Rant for not actually saying they already have a TCG. <laughs> like you didn't need to, you didn't need to go into Triple Triad and this trading cards on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Why not make one in the Final Fantasy universe? Because they fucking do. <laughs> it's it's the age old thing, right? I mean, you, if you've been in the community long enough, I, I don't really play much anymore, but uh, I was there. Uh, the old, the thing that always comes back is Final Fantasy's got a card game, for real, and and, and it's all it all it still bugs me to this day. It it and I understand why you're furious because it it upsets me, and and I don't know who to blame either because I honestly I I blame Square a lot for not promoting the game, um, and I've I've beaten that dead horse. If you we can get go look at Twitter posts, Kronos, so. if we get a card game from Square Enix. And it isn't the TCG digitally. I am gonna just go ape shit. Yeah. Like there is zero reason. I was I, one of the biggest proponents of way back when. You know when I actually started playing. So this would be around Opus, uh, almost Opus six, in between five and six. I would say, you know what? I know. I understand why they're not doing it yet. They're not doing it yet because it's a very small game. And if you launch physically and digitally, you always run the risk of fracturing your already tiny audience. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to play digitally. I'm just going to play physically and a very small overlap that will do both. 
So you want them to buy the card, so you say, hey, we're not going to do a physical or a digital copy of the game right away. Okay, I get that. We're now four years into this game. It's having stock issues. That's how much you can't, you know, you, they can't make the stock enough to supply with the demand. And I, I know we talked about this as far as being merchandise in its categories. Yep. It is very, very small in the bottom line. But when you can't keep up with the stock, I, I thought COVID was the perfect opportunity for them to launch digitally. Like, it's, it's I could not think of a better time for them to have done so. The funny thing is, is I don't even think it has anything to do with how low on the totem pole it is. No. Because I do think it's like semi-successful because, yeah, I yep. mean, every every card game known to man has blown up in the last year and a half. Um, and I think they just don't care. They see what they see the return they're getting and they're okay with that return. And I, and I feel like that's how they feel. And I would be fine with that if we weren't then getting another card game digitally. Yeah. yeah. I feel your pain. I really do. I think I think it sucks. Because that shows, hey, we actually do want a piece of that Hearthstone digital card pie. Because you know what sucks. And, and this is the thing I always hearken back to when I have this conversation with other people. The card game is so fucking good. Yeah, it is. It's so good. The reason I stopped playing was not because the card game was bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to go into that on here, but that is not the reason I stopped playing. That card game is amazing. And... The fact that they don't care is what makes it so much worse. Yeah. Evil, what a great point, too. Why do twice the work as well? Why develop a physical card game that is as popular as you expected it to be? It's no Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm not saying it's anywhere near that. It's not even close. Yeah. But it's doing exactly what Square expected it to do, maybe a little bit better. And then say, hey, well, let's make a totally different one, too. But just take the rules you already have and put them on software. Come on. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, is it, you even have people that would be willing to help you do it. Yeah. That's the crazy thing, too. But, you know, that's... We'll see. You can't do anything about it. You can't... It's, it, I, this it's definitely isn't FFTCG. It definitely yeah. is not. And and I feel like it's probably going to be a digital card game. <sighs> probably some mobile thing would be my guess, but... Yeah. I'm going to scream. I, I'm going to literally scream. Yeah. Uh, hey, Square Enix is looking for your opinions on some Dragon Quest stuff. There's like a 30-question survey that they're running right now uh, that they would like your feedback on. The first few questions are all generally, um, you know, your demographics, your age group, and how much do you know the franchise. But then they do get into some specific questions, and they've said that the survey is going to shape Dragon Quest's future. So... If you're a fan of the franchise, I already took the the survey. I don't know if you did, Kronos. Uh, I have not. I'm not a big Dragon Quest yeah, fan. Yeah, I, I already took the survey. So if you're interested, uh, just pull it on up, Dragon Quest survey. <laughs> uh, I was spending a little time on Steam charts this week, found out that, uh, hey, Marvel's Avengers has more players than Outriders right now. And it only took months and months and months, and Outriders basically being a single-player offline game and Marvel Avengers getting an expansion in like a week or so. Uh, yeah, finally passed Outriders. So I got to ask this one question. Was it a mistake not to make Outriders a live service like Destiny or something like that uh, instead of making it this single-player experience that they would like to expand and make expansions for, but we don't actually know when and if that, that those projects will happen? Should they have maybe gone the Destiny route? or I, I'll tell you from a personal standpoint, I wouldn't have bought it if it had been a live service game. 
and and I actually bought it based on y'all's recommendation. So first off, I probably wasn't going to buy it anyways. So that, yeah. you know, my opinion's kind of weird. And then based on y'all and having people to play with, I bought the game. I really enjoyed the game. I don't think I would have, even if you had recommended it to me, if I heard the word live service, I probably been like, "You guys have fun. I'm out." Um, but you'll you buy know. an expansion if they put one out. I would buy an expansion because to me, I can kind of, I can play. So I like to play fast, right? <laughs> I, I do a lot of like I wanted. I set a goal and I do those goals typically. I did that with Outriders. Um, and when you do a live service game, like I have goals in 14, 14, you know, I pay monthly for that. But those goals always just keep going, and I and I feel like I can only really do that with one game. So when I if I'm trying to play another live service game and I'm trying to set those goals for me as a player, it's really hard for me to do that with multiple games at once. With Outriders, because it was just what it was, I could buy it and then just play it and then be done when I wanted to be done, instead yeah. of having this like continuous thing. That's just how I am as no, a player. I, see, here's the thing: everybody. I'm with you on it. Like I enjoy, I'm okay with live service games. Not generally thrilled with them, but I'm more okay with them than you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm I'm willing to give them a shot if it looks interesting. Uh, this one, uh, I I think I still agree with you. I'm glad they didn't make it a live service. I recognize that they probably knew that that means five to six months down the road, if we don't yeah. have plans for DLC or expansions, we're probably not going to have much of a player base anymore. Um, it did well. It surprised Square, that's for sure, uh, in their finances. I'm just worried that by the time they do get an expansion around, it'll be too late. Like, it'll be so far removed from the original Outriders. Because if they, honestly, if they aren't working on one right now, already, mm -hmm. then they're a year and a half to two years away from a game that will then be almost three years old, a single-player experience at that time. And I think you're getting a little too far away. It's not Final Fantasy, where if it takes yeah. two years or it takes seven years, you're going to buy the next Final Fantasy. This isn't that. If it's if it's Outriders two though, would you be okay with that? Like if it's not DLC, if it's like they're making Outriders two, but it's like two and a half years, three years away. Uh, I would be, yeah, I would be, yeah. But again, I, think, I, I think played I the that. original, and and you yeah. played the original. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know yeah, if it does as well. Saying. Yeah, you know, they, I think your your sales targets that then then become, can we do just as well as we did with the first one? Not can That's we fair. do better than we did yeah. with the first one? Because no. you're facing an uphill battle to reclaim your pay player base that has already stopped playing it because they beat it. Not because it was shitty, but because they're done. Yep. Uh, and there's a new Tomb Raider anniversary site out if you're a Tomb Raider fan. Uh, we are still waiting for Tomb Raider news for the 25th anniversary. Hopefully we will get some soon. The, the site is actually kind of neat in that they keep moving forward through time chronologically. Right now, they're talking about uh, 2006 Tomb Raider Legend. And there's all kinds of blogs and stuff. And then, uh, you know, 2008's release will come up next all the way through 2018. I'm thinking, you know, it might make sense, right, if at the end of the timeline, they then announce something. Because they have teased that they have announcements, but they've also said no new games. Uh, or none that they were ready to announce. So we'll see. On that note, I think we should take uh, Tomb Raider into Love It or Leave It. Let's do it. <laughs> Love It or Leave It is the segment of the show we close with every week where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, a feature in a game, a press release, really anything that I can even tangentially get related to Square Enix. I have the ability to put it here, and I ask you and the hosts 
Do you love it, want more of it, or leave it, toss it aside? And today, since we're talking uh, right at the tail end there about Tomb Raider and Lara herself, I need to ask you, Kronos, the newer Tomb Raider games, the kind of reimagined Lara Croft, uh, and her name is Lara, it's not Laura, you idiots. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> learn how to read. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the newer ones, the 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 very uh, not hypersexualized polygonal triangle boobies, Lara, a uh, little more real looking, if you will. Love those games or leave those games. And actually, I don't even know if you're a Tomb Raider fan in general, so we'll uh, we'll learn something about you here. I'm, I'm really not. Uh, you don't, you don't like the edges though, the old the old edges. The old yeah, the old points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. No, I, I was never really super big on the old ones. I played them because, like, you know, people talked about them. Yeah. And so um, I, I actually have never purchased any of the new ones. Um, oh. So I, I guess I've that's been, a leave it right there. <laughs> it's a leave it for me. So I've had friends recommend it for me, and they do look pretty cool. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Those games typically don't draw me in very much. I have played games like that that I do enjoy, so I'm not saying I would definitely not enjoy it. There's, Tomb Raider just isn't very high on my list, personally. That's all. I'm going to go with love it, but I have reservations. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. Uh, however, they also did feel an awful Uncharted to me. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's hard to be you know, a Tomb Raider game and not look like Uncharted because Uncharted was kind of the next logical step for the Tomb Raider games back in yep. the day, right? To become these huge set piece, you know, uh, moments and things like that. And and so I hope we'll get something taking it in a slightly different direction. Some of the characters in the games besides Lara, the newer ones have been a little weird too, so I could give or take them. But conceptually, top to bottom, if I gotta love it and keep it or leave it, toss it aside, I'm gonna love it. Give me some more of those and just hope they move in a different direction to going forward. Uh, chat, don't go anywhere after the show. We'll go dark for about 15 seconds. It won't be storm-related this time because I'll be shutting down. And we're going to go live with Miss Faye Death. How are you, Faye? Yeah, I'm well. How about you guys? It's Lara. It is Lara. <laughs> Lara. Get it right. Read. Lara. Lara. Cue in chat as someone whose first name is Laura and not Lara can confirm. Thank you. <laughs> what do you stream tonight? Is it Tomb Raider? Are you playing Tomb um, Raider? I mean, I wish. I mean, I feel like now I should, but there is a <laughs> we, we really should coordinate this stuff. We We're really so should. professional. I, I need to read the show notes is <laughs> what needs to happen. We're so professional. I, I'll do better. So professional. Super professional. Um, but there is a patch, and I'm still chasing some caps, so I think we're back to the wastelands. Oh. 76. 76. Fallout 76. You actually like that. It was not one for me. It was not one I for do. me. Uh, I had fun. I had fun with it. It is a lot. And you know what? Prior to everything episode. I've said in this episode, you should feel bad for liking that game. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. If you like the game, you like the game. I don't care. You know, I, I'm easy. But I like B-rate horror films. I'm easy to please. I like. I like bad horror movies too. You like seventy six? Wow. Them. Okay. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Well, chat, hang it's tight. Yeah. Miss Faye Death will be up on uh, Fallout 76 in just a moment. We'll be back, of course, next Thursday with an episode of The Relic Grind, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Hope you'll join us live. And if not, check it out on the site down below there, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Show next week, 
not the week after. Until next week, though, Kronos, where can everybody find you, sir? Yeah, same as always. The old, the old Twitter, the old complaining grounds. The old uh, complaining grounds. Yeah, I spend some time on there, typically complaining. So, yeah, just there. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man, but more important, Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O, on Twitter so you know every time we go live with one of our podcasts or any time of our volunteer streamers go live, who I love them all very much. Thank you so much. Stay safe, gang. We'll see you on the servers. <laughs>